What is up, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show, Tyler Metcalf of No Ceilings joins in to talk NBA draft and more. Just a fantastic conversation with Tyler. You can catch Tyler on No Ceilings, the podcast, and also the newsletter. Go subscribe to that intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Tyler Metcalf of No Ceilings. What is the vibes, man? What is new? Just we're 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 full swing in basketball. What what's not to love? Um, NBA's full steam ahead. College is starting to heat up. We're getting out of this little lull after these uh, early season tournaments. Starting to get into conference play here soon. Uh, just good stuff around the holidays every year. Most definitely, I had Tyler on the show. I've had Corey on the show. I've I've had Nathan on the show. But I feel like I need to do a better job of highlighting No Ceilings before we actually get into the episode. So if No Ceilings had a mission statement, what would that be? Well, uh, the most comprehensive and entertaining basketball scouting um, that you can find. Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Just keep, 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 it, keep it quick and simple and sweet. So it was a, it's a newsletter, it's a podcast, it's a website, right? Yeah, I, we're starting to do a little more video stuff over on YouTube at uh, No Ceilings TV this year. Uh, podcast, No Ceilings feed. Uh, we got daily stuff going up over there. We have daily written work going up at NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to cover all our bases and just, you know, reach as many people as possible. Sounds great. All right. You mentioned the college season is here. Uh, I just had the opportunity to go to the Jimmy V Classic not too long ago. The energy was amazing in the garden. But um, your early thoughts on this college season when it comes to draft prospects in general? Um, Honestly, a little underwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think a big reason for that is obviously three of the top college guys coming into the season, Nick Smith Jr., Cam Whitmore, Derek Whitehead, they're all hurt at the start. So they're kind of playing their way back into it. Uh, Nick Smith and Cam Whitmore have looked a little better than Derek. Makes sense. Derek had, you know, the, the foot injury. So it looks like he's still kind of playing himself back into game shape. And I think once those guys really get rolling in the next couple of weeks here, then I think it's going to be like, okay, this is what we were really excited about this summer coming into the season because these guys are ridiculously talented and they're better than what they've been able to show. So I'm, I'm just really excited for what they look like once they're at a hundred percent, because I'm the talent that those guys have. And then the talent that surrounds them, it's too good to be what they've been showing so far for the entire season. I had the chance to watch Filipowski play in the garden. I would say he's a very good basketball player. Right. Yeah. And I see him rising through the ranks quickly, but part of that is maybe because some of the guys have been a little underwhelming. That could be part of it. But in the NBA, if you're not a star, it takes more than just being a really good basketball player. It's almost like you have to niche down on your skill sets. What's his ideal NBA role? And do you feel he's a sure thing in the NBA? 
that that's something that we've talked about kind of behind the scenes a ton. And I, it's tough because he, he's playing with another big a lot at Duke right now. And I, I think like stretch five was probably his kind of more ideal role. Um, but I, I think he has the agility and, you know, footwork and shooting ability, obviously, where you can play him at the four if you want to scale up and go big and play too big. So I, I think he will provide a little bit of, you know, lineup flexibility at the next level. Um, but with a team that wants to kind of spread the floor out, go five out, um, you know, push the pace and be kind of that versatile uh, five man lineup on both ends of the floor, I, I think his best spot will probably be as that stretch five. So it depends on how he shoots the basketball at the end of the day. And my concern is for him is defensively, will he be played off the court? Can he move those puppies quick enough? And he's not the best vertical athlete either, right? Yeah. Um, and the, the raw explosiveness, like obviously when you compare him and Derek Lively, and it's apples and oranges in that aspect. I generally like his footwork on the perimeter defensively, but he's just really upright in his stance, which kind of limits how or how effectively he's able to move from side to side. So I think the effort, the motor, the footwork is there. It's just, is he going to be able to loosen up those hips, get a little lower in his defensive stance, you know, really move left to right a little more effectively. And there are obviously some physical limitations that come with that being his size, but he, it's just a little stiff and a little too upright. Currently. Yeah. I mean, and guys can get better. I, I look at Franz Wagner and Keegan Murray and I feel like if he could take a similar leap to how those guys did from the college level to even summer league, I think he could be really good. Can he take those leaps? Like Franz wasn't showing all that skill level in the interior with all these different kind of euros and same leg finishes that he was in summer league in the league, you know? So actually, well, Franz had a iffy summer league, but Keegan definitely showed extra stuff. So I'm thinking like, can he take that kind of leap? That, that Those are where my thoughts are. And like the players I think about, obviously, you know, all comps are never perfect, but. Yeah. And I definitely think there's that possibility with him because just when you look at his scoring versatility, I mean, he's knocking down pick and pop threes and then the very next possession, he'll run that exact same set, but then shot fake drive and then you know, hit a mid-range turnaround. And then the very next one, he'll do the exact same thing, but take it all the way to the rim. So I, you know, he's never going to be this guy who's out there initiating the offense or anything like that. But I think he is a smart passer. Um, and then just the the different ways that he's showing that he can score. I, I really am starting to buy into it long term because there's a lot of versatility there. There's really good balance when he's moving. The handle can get a little loose at times, but it always will be with a guy that size. So can the shot become a little more consistent? I think it will in the long term. Um, and just that three-level scoring versatility that he's showing combined with that motor and that kind of just innate creativity with his shot profile, I, I think it's all really encouraging. So everybody knows who's going number one. Everyone knows who's going number two. Who's in the mix for you for that number three pick? About eight guys. Um, <laughs> that, that's a crappy answer. But um, I, and so – Currently, just going straight off my board, I, I still have Derek Whitehead at three, um, and I'm giving him basically until the new year, until I make any drastic movements with that, because I just want to see what he looks like once he's back in game shape. And you can tell right now that the legs look heavy. It's not fully there for him right now. Um, he was just recently quoted, you know, saying that things are starting to slow down in different areas. So. I think once he gets back into kind of game shape and adapting to the speed of the game, I think we're going to see a lot better play from him. I fully understand the 
amen, um, you know, sales pitches at three. I just have some concerns with him. And I think the landing spot with him is going to be really crucial. Um, and then other than that, I, I, my sleeper for three is Jairus Walker. I was, I was pushing that this summer. Um, I think he's incredibly skilled. I think he has way more to his offensive game than he's kind of being allowed to show at Houston. We saw a little bit of that in the Alabama game um, with his like DHO keepers running in transition, making some kickouts and drop off passes out of drives. Um, So based on what he's shown this year, so far this year, he's not in the running for three at all, but I, I think, you know, you, you do a redraft five years from now. I, I think he could be a name that's really in the conversation at that spot. It's interesting. I had Corey on the show for a mock draft, and he actually told me that he had a SAR over Amen. Yeah, a couple guys that no ceilings do. Um, yeah. And I, they're really buying into Asar's shooting improvements, mm-hmm. and they Corey's way more – in tune with the, you know, the, the shot mechanics and all that stuff. Cause he, he coaches. So I, I tend to trust him on that aspect. And then I'm not quite there yet. Cause I think a man's ceiling is a lot higher just because it typically is with those guys who are, who could be the primary initiator and creator on a team. And that's what a man projects to be with Asar, I think the, the floor for him is a lot higher because he's already really comfortable at playing off ball. He knows what to do. He knows how to relocate, when to cut, how to rebound. Really good team defender. Um, I think Amen's a little better on ball. Asar is still very good on ball, but when Amen doesn't have the ball, he's kind of lost and he doesn't know how to play that role yet. I'm not saying he can never learn or won't ever learn how to do it, but Asari's ability to kind of fit into a NBA lineup and contribute right away. I, I think it could be a little quicker um, than amends. Yeah. So I've, t- I talked about even before the college season who I thought, I'm not sure if it was on this podcast or maybe a live show, but I've definitely talked about it in the past, how I thought there were a few players that would definitely jump up the boards. Once the college season started, Anthony black was one of them. Brandon Miller was another one of them. I thought Baba would be a guy. Unfortunately, he's not playing. Um, Filipowski has jumped up the boards. I didn't really talk about him too much before the draft. But for you, who has jumped up the board so far in this college season? Um, Anthony Black's definitely won. Um, I was really skeptical with him coming in because just the the confidence with the shot wasn't there. Like he would pass up open looks all the time. Um, He's starting to shoot it. And, you know, the numbers are good. and then just his rim pressure and playmaking and defense, it's all been incredibly impressive. Then you factor in his size. It's like, okay, there, this dude could do some pretty scary things at the next level. Um, let's see, Jet Howard, and he hasn't really jumped up a ton for me, but based on where everyone else seemed to have him, and which was like preseason second round, um, at the, I think he's probably been the biggest riser, and we're starting to see him do – a little more on ball stuff on offense. I think the shooting's very legit. The off ball movement and passing is very real and very special. Uh, the things that they allow him to do moving off ball. And then they basically give him a play like a quarterback and you have six different progressions to go through and he has the freedom to make whatever he sees. That's really impressive for someone his age, obviously being the coach's kid, you get a little more leeway and familiarity with that. So it helps, but he still has the skill and ability to do that. So watching Arkansas play, they have two high-level NBA prospects, Anthony Black, who we're already talking about, and Nick Smith. 
I happen to like Anthony Black's game a little bit better uh, because I feel like he has that like Tyrese Halliburton kind of thing going on, right? Where he's going to be a connective piece. He's going to make everybody around him better than once he gets the shot creation. You know, that could be star level as Tyrese has been showing. He's not the shooter Tyrese is obviously, mm-hmm. but I do feel like Nick Smith, uh, there's less lanes for him to be great in the NBA, right? Like you're going to kind of have to give him the keys. Is that fair? And what do you think about those two prospects? Uh, and they're, pretty close for me they're in the kind of same general range i have nick smith a little higher um i actually really like what he can do off ball um and you know i i think he's a really good shooter on and off ball um the cutting the passing the playmaking it doesn't seem like he's really forcing things right now um maybe that changes the more he kind of gets reingratiated with this team um so but with him and anthony black on the floor at the same time that's just an absurd amount of playmaking and just talenting offensive creativity. Um, I think where, where black kind of gets the edge is on the defensive end, obviously with that size. Um, I I think with Nick Smith right now, you kind of have to keep his defensive responsibilities pretty simple. And if you basically tell him just, Hey, just, just guard this guy. Don't worry about rote tagging and recovering and rotating and switching and all that stuff. When you keep it simple with him right now, it looks pretty effective. Um, the the want to is there. The desire to defend is there. There are just some screen navigation, some fundamental things that aren't really quite up to speed like they are with Black. Do you feel like Black's athleticism is a little bit underrated? Because I felt like people were talking about that when I watch him play. I mean, I'm, I don't want to keep comparing him to Tyrese, but he's probably even a better athlete than Tyrese, the way he gets up and down the court, how he pops off the floor. Um, how do you feel about his athleticism? Because even though his game is not predicated off athleticism, I think he's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, and I, I think he I, I will certainly wouldn't classify him as like a bad athlete. Um, I, I think he really knows how to use change of pace stuff. And that first step of his is really impressive and, and generates a lot of space and opportunities for him. Um, like when he's coming off a of pick and roll or double drag or something like that, uh, he's really good at, you know, giving that slight hesitation that freezes the the help defender just for that moment. And then he has the ability to really accelerate past that. And then with his size, once he gets that, you know, the defender leaning a little bit or just that sliver of space, he's really able to capitalize on that. And just his timing with all of that is really, really impressive for someone his age. Cam Whitmore, do you have an NBA comp for him? No, um, <laughs> it, it's, he, he's so funky. Um, is is the, it that's that, just not is it just not enough enough of a sample size? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I my, my exposure we've only, obviously only gotten a couple games of him so far. Um, I want to see a bigger sample of the shot before I really buy into it. I was pretty hesitant coming into the season. I know his FIBA numbers over the summer were like fifty percent on like twenty eight ish attempts, something like that. Uh, but the high school career is like 30 so i'm, I'm kind of hesitant to buy into that but the the defensive upside with him the playmaking the just raw athleticism is all incredibly absurd right now um i'd like to see his decision making speed up a little bit but i i definitely get where people are getting these you know superstar flashes from because he's he's showing them in bursts i i won't just need to see it a little more prolonged and it's I'm hesitant to buy in on the shot because then he's wearing that, that brace on the thumb. Um, yeah. Currently I'm not, hopefully that comes off soon, but who knows? Who do you feel is a sleeper? Nobody's talking about them, but they could somehow get into the lottery possibly. Ooh. 
Um, I Maxwell Lewis has had probably one of the biggest rises out of anyone. Um, I think Colby Jones from Xavier is real sneaky. Um, I, I have him like fringe first round right now. I, I, I think a, I, Tyler Rucker is going to lose his mind, but um, I, <laughs> I I think Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana could be one of these sneaky guys to go in, you know, the mid first. Um, I don't quite have him that high, but his athleticism, his passing, his rebounding, his defense, it's all right where you want it to be. And the, the issue is, I think he's only like six, nine, six, 10. So he doesn't have that traditional center size, but he's got, bounce for days he has great balance really strong um and my biggest issue with him is that he just refuses to shoot still so we're going on three or four years now of him just not taking any jumpers uh despite every offseason saying that that's what he's going to show this year so maybe in the combine he comes out they're shooting drills their scrimmages he starts knocking down shots and showing everything else that he has been at the college level then it's like oh okay this is part of your game you just weren't showing it because you didn't need to. Somebody asked me on Instagram in the comment section, so Imani Bates is no longer a top prospect. And my answer to him was it's a loaded draft. I think that was a nice way to put it. But, I mean, I think some of it is he wasn't too impressive his first season. Um, and, I mean, he's had his other issues off the court. But I, I don't even want to get into that. I keep it all basketball on, on this podcast. But um, where do you land when it comes to him as an NBA prospect as of right now? And what have you been seeing from him this season? When the shot is falling, he looks absolutely incredible. And when it's not, he's a complete detriment. So, so does that mean the ceiling is still high for you? And the, the absolute ceiling, yeah. Um, but I think the floor is still really low. So I, the, the range of outcomes with him is probably one of the widest in this draft. As wide as Poku? <laughs> it's up there it's up there um because i when, when the shot's not falling he doesn't do anything else to contribute to winning and the the defense isn't there there's no really real passing or playmaking he doesn't rebound much um and the the shot creation the the shooting when he's hot like he was in that michigan game he looks incredible he looks like the best player yeah. in the country yeah. but he's not a special athlete and there's nothing else he really does besides scoring yet I, I I'm ruined for him. Obviously we, we always root for all these guys, but in the second round, I'd probably be willing to take a flyer on him depending on, you know, what my team culture and everything is like, but I, I just need to see him show something other than tough shot making. Super random question. Who's a better athlete, him or, him or Anthony black, Anthony black. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I want to end with this Tyler. What do people find a concern in general about NBA draft prospects that you don't believe is really a concern? Ooh. Um, what one that always really grinds my gears is uh, when, when people reference assist to turnover ratio and as a measure of a prospect's playmaking, um, that, that was something that came up with Kate Cunningham a ton was assist to turnover ratio. And like the rest of his team is shooting 22% from three. So who in the world is he supposed to get an assist from? And every time he touches the ball, he's getting quadruple teams. So yeah, there are going to be turnovers there. Um, I, I understand why it's used. I understand if people use it as like 
just like your scrolling box scores or whatever and looking at averages it's like oh i should check out this guy but when people use it as an actual measure to be like eh, this guy's not a good passer i'm like no you you please go watch the tape taron armstrong from kel baptist is another one it's like this dude's the best passer maybe in the world and you know he gets four assists a game because no one else on this team can shoot it's funny. The Cade Cunningham thing was funny because I actually found myself having to say, having to say this. Yes, he's the number one pick and he should be the number one pick. And anyone who says differently just wants to be different. The question is, will somebody try this with Wemby? Will somebody try this with Wemby? That's what I want to know. <laughs> and the, so someone's going, I, I would be shocked if an NBA team did, but the, the, you know, there's going to be some people out there who, put out their big boards and have watched 10 minutes of draft film and just want to be different. And they're going to have, I like, look, I absolutely adore Scoot Henderson. I would have, I had him number one coming into the year until Wemby started showing all the stuff that he is now showing. Cause he wasn't showing that this consistently last year. Um, and you know, now he's like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm the number one guy. So I, I, I gladly accepted that. Uh, so someone's going to do it with, Wemby and they're going to put him at two and their reasoning will be dumb. You think they will get a buzz for having that take or people will just totally ignore it. It depends on who they, it depends on their platform. Yeah. Probably, right. Yeah. 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 I, I it, some talking head show will, will throw it out there trying to be smarter than everyone else. And they'll go through injury concerns and level of competition. And it's like, no, he's playing God. good players. He's healthy so far this year, knock on wood. Um, hopefully that continues. They, there's, unless there is some real damning medical info that comes out from him, which I would be really surprised by at this point. Um, he, he should be number one for everyone. Most definitely. Tyler, great work. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, T Metcalf one, one. Um, and then just all of our no ceiling stuff at no ceilings NBA across all socials. Great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Sure, man. Later. There it was, another episode of Combos Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Big shouts to Tyler for joining in. We appreciate you. If you would like to receive bonus Combos Court content, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And be on the lookout for another episode of Combos Court. Combo out.